It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, April 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that at least wants to celebrate the first that we got in that game against Columbus. First are fun. They absolutely are. You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. And it is our 600th episode for Locked On Flyers, Russ. I know. Feels like just yesterday for me that I was getting this thing going and now 600 in the can. Unbelievable. You're the Iron Woman. (laughs) Who's going to break the streak? Oh, no. (laughs) We're not talking about streaks. No. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a good one for you for episode 600. We're going to talk about last night's game against Columbus. And then we have special guest Ariel Melendez, who covers the Flyers for Broad Street Buzz. And we're going to talk to her about her takes on how this season has gone and what we should look for in the future. Uh, Man, what a game. Elvis Merzlikens is good. That's all I got to say. Well, but you know he's good. You know, I'll tell you, I I was getting a little tired of the sunshine comments from, from Mike Yo. Carter Hart spoke the truth. Carter Hart said, we had a lot of shots. I don't know how many of them were high danger chances, to be honest. Well, and Mike Yo was fair. afraid to say that. Mike Mike Yo just said, "It's Elvis Merzlikens. That's why we lost. That's a, that's why we lost." And it's like it was more than that. The power play was also zero for four. That is true. And I will say the Flyers. I thought you know, as percentage of high danger chances relative to shots go, on five on five, I thought they were okay. It was really on the power play, like you said, where the problem was that they were not getting the high danger chances on the power play. They were doing one too many passes, I thought, trying to get a little too fancy. And then when they finally did take a shot, it was much easier for the goaltender to stop it. Right. Uh, Here's where I'm not enamored with puck movement. You, You could have great puck movement and passing on a power play, but guys have to eventually shoot it. And Cam York has to eventually start taking more shots. He only had four shots that went through in the game. And if you're going to be the point on the power play, you have to get more shots through. You have to shoot more. There were times he didn't shoot at all. And I know he's learning, but that's not part of the game that he's learning. He's done the power play his whole life. So the coaching staff has to work with him on that. Yeah, I think so. I think that it was definitely more apparent on the power play, especially because the Flyers just had so much more power play time than Columbus did in this one. So it was kind of easy to see some of those things. Yes. I think it was also a big learning opportunity for Ronnie Adderd in this mm-hmm. one. And Keith Yandel checked back into the lineup in this game because of the injuries that the Flyers have had. Uh, Nick Sealer is still out. And uh, I think that, you know, some of the fears that we had about this 
pairing in terms of not being as supportive for a guy like Adderd uh, came to fruition, but also he made some mistakes on his own. And I he think, did. you know, you could see the potential of his offensive game in this one, for sure. He used that yes. heavy shot. Uh, JVR got the tip and on one of them. And, you know, he just, I think, made some mistakes net front as well that, you know, he, he and Yandel were on the ice for three Columbus goals. Right. And, uh, one of them that got me, the second one was, you know, Adderd is sort of behind the play. He makes a hit. That's fine. Nate Thompson's way deep in the offensive zone. For, so forget that. He can't get back. So the only guy back on defense was Yandel. And, it, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you can't expect him to do much in that situation. But when you have Yandel and Thompson on the, on the ice at the same time, it's a problem. Yeah, I think that was a, a huge mistake on that particular play. And, you know, it only took you know, one or two small mistakes for That's Columbus right. to win this game. With the Flyers getting 49 shots on goal, you would expect, you know, some of, more of them to go in and for the Flyers to win a game like that. And, you know, Mike Yo said as much, but I think his reasoning was a little different than what we're saying right it now. It was. It was. But look, I mean... We've been talking about Noah Cates. Noah, Noah Cates played great. The goal was terrific. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, his play away from the puck was is terrific and, and his penalty killing. All that's left for Noah Cates is put him at his natural position. Put him at center. Tell Nate Thompson you'll play once in a blue moon now. And and that's what you need to do. you got to let him really play that position. There's no point in playing him on the wing. I, I just don't understand it. I think for me, there's a combination of things. Because once again, Oscar Lindblom was on the fourth line with I Thompson know. and Brown. And to your point, if you move Cates to that 4C position for now, at least you're putting Lindblom with somebody who can make more opportunities yes. and create more plays. Like, I'm less worried about Lindblom on the fourth line with Cates as the fourth center. Yeah, me too. Because then there would be um, a little... Uh you would have two guys that are sort of simpatico in the way they skate and the way they think and the way they play. Cause they mm -hmm. both think defense first and then how to make offense out of defense. And they both sort of work that way. It listen to us. It makes sense. Mike Yo has a whole different plan though. Clearly. <laughs> the other part of the game that I think, think suffered a little bit was I, I do think Cam Atkinson had some playing the old team jitters. Um, he did. Some of his shots went way wide. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes he's off target, but not this often, I think, in a single game. No, it's true. Because um, they really they had him in the hammer and boy, he was just a little bit off on a couple of those uh, power plays. So you're right about that. But I do think uh, Morgan Frost had a pretty solid game. He did. Uh, and he was doing, I think, the things that he does best well in this one. And, you know, his skating was really good. I thought skating he Skating was good. He was good around the net. Yeah. Yep. All of that. And then, you know, Kevin Hayes continues to just get better and better day by day. I think that, you know, while he may have been responsible a little bit for some of the overpassing on the power play, I think everybody you know, was kind of on that one. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, he did some really good things defensively in this game and got back uh, in a way that maybe he hasn't had the speed to do up until this point. Yeah. I mean, he made that one play where he kept pushing the puck up the ice shorthanded mm -hmm. and, and he definitely could not have done that when he first came back. So that was, 
you know, that was good to see. Another slight issue in this was um, Patrick Brown showing that he's not quite the best skater. There was one play where he just literally got beaten and, and he just couldn't keep up with the puck and it gave up a, a big chance. Luckily, Carter Hart stopped it. And Hart had a good game, but I, there were so many high danger chances that yeah i can't blame the loss on them i just can't they were guys i mean guys were right in his kitchen all, almost all night it's true it's true but i think that you know there were again some really good bright spots in this game and i like the progress of the younger guys in this one so that's really what our goal is here and yes i, I think they achieved it uh, it's just frustrating that they can't you know, close this kind of game out. Well, Mike Yo said, you're not going to win them all. And my thought was, well, how about just some? How about this one? <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. All right. Well, uh, we're going to continue our 600th episode with Ariel Melendez coming up next. But first, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, they've got quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes, low prep, and easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. I love using HelloFresh because you always get something that tastes incredible and is just the right amount of food for two people, or I've got a meal for myself and leftovers for the next day. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and the code LockedOn16. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are so excited to welcome Ariel Melendez to the show today. Hey, Ariel, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Good. Ariel is a site expert for Broad Street Buzz website and has been covering the Flyers for a little while now. And we wanted to bring her on to get her take on what's been going on with this team this season, which has been a lot. There's been a lot of drama. <laughs> so uh, good to get another perspective. So I think first off, Ariel, based on last year's offseason moves, did you expect the team to be where it is now? I mean, I don't think anyone really expected things to kind of be where they were. Um, you saw some of the moves that were made in the offseason. I mean, trading away Voracek for Cam Atkinson, I thought was, you know, a pretty big move. The Flyers kind of getting what they needed with Atkinson and um, the Blue Jackets getting what they needed there with Voracek. And, and kind of all of the moves they really made. I mean, the rest of the line and move up and down. I mean, I guess that's the nicest way to put it. Um hasn't been the worst, I think, for Philadelphia, but hasn't, you know, obviously helped them as much as maybe they hoped 
it would um and just all together it just seemed like this team was going to contend a lot more than they did um and they did start off pretty well and then everything just kind of fell off a cliff um so i guess to sum up easily no i didn't really expect the team to kind of be where they were at this point especially struggling as much as they have been yeah ariel um Chuck Fletcher's been under the gun literally ever since all those signings. Uh, when things started to fall apart this season, which it was kind of early, uh, how do you think he's handled that? I I might be on a different side than I think most um, most fans have been with this. Is there's only so much you can do with the space that you have. Is the Flyers obviously have been up to the cap pretty much? I think the last couple seasons, if I if I remember correctly. Um, and they've obviously dealt with a lot of injuries. I know that's not the biggest excuse you can you can make, um, but that has affected them quite a bit throughout the season. I mean, could he have done better? Maybe, possibly, uh, maybe not. You know, with the cap, not having that room has kind of hurt him. I think a little bit, but with everything that's kind of gone on, I think he's almost been handcuffed in a way to make maybe the moves that he's wanted to make or that maybe the organization itself has wanted to make. It's been a difficult season overall. Obviously, like trading away Claude Giroux was not something we would have hoped to mm. have happened this season. And, you know, a lot of injury woes. And obviously that's no excuse, but still lots of kind of negative things. But I, th- I do think there have been some bright spots this year uh, what have you seen as those bright spots I, mean, I think one of the biggest bright spots has been carter hart obviously he struggled a lot um especially during the pandemic that seemed to really hit him the hardest um, as he talked about kind of the mental side and being kind of shut out from your teammates made it kind of really hard on him and goaltenders a lot of things for them are me- are the mental side of the game as well so I think him having the success that he's had despite the team that's been in front of him um, has been really strong to see and kind of really good to see him face adversity and be able to overcome it. That was kind of a big thing last season where, you know, once the team started to struggle, so did he. But this season he's kind of been a key in not letting things maybe go as far out of hand as they as they could have with – um kind of the play that he's been able to have. I think he's been one of the biggest um, bright spots. And obviously we're seeing now a lot of the young guys getting the opportunities that, I mean, obviously you want to be in the playoff race. You want to be able to fight for that. And, you know, maybe these guys wouldn't be getting that opportunity, but the fact that they have been able to kind of step up, you know, Owen Tippett, um, Noah Cates, Ronnie Attar, those guys getting a chance now for some bigger minutes, I think has also kind of been a bright spot, at least towards the end of the season. Okay, I can see that. Um, tougher question, who do you see as the core now? Uh, that's something that I've seen a lot of talk about, and I've had a, lo- a hard time kind of figuring out who exactly um, is still considered the core. I still think you have to consider Sean Couture part of the core, especially mm-hmm. with that long-term extension. Um, I, and again, I think Kevin Hayes, too, with the same, the same type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're starting to see guys like Joel Farabee really, you know, kind of step up and blossom the way they hoped um, he would. I'm not quite 100% sure on Travis Konechny right now. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's played a lot better recently. Um, but he had been in trade talks before. I know the team 
Obviously, they are not going to confirm it, but it had been pretty much confirmed that they listened to offers on him and they've listened to offers on Provorov and, and kind of guys like that. I still think those two are possibly still part of the core. Um, we've seen Provorov really kind of take a step back in the right direction, especially with Cam York on his other side. Um, and obviously, a guy like York as well, who's kind of been able to solidify himself um, on that defensive end. I think he's a good part. Carter Hart, obviously is, you know, your goaltender for, you know, the near future and hopefully past that. Um, so I think they do have a pretty good mix of that veteran core, um, but also a lot of youth um, that have been able to step up as well and kind of fill in those roles. Yeah, it's always an interesting conversation to me about the core because, you know, sometimes you have to define it based on the contracts that are there, like you were alluding to with like the longer contracts, but sometimes you give a guy a contract because you want him to be part of the core. So it's like a chicken and egg situation for me. It's yeah. like, who are you forced to have as the core because of the contracts, but you've given them those contracts. So you want them to be the core. Yeah. And, it, and kind of, I don't know if you were alluding to this or not, but obviously they see Rasmus Ristolainen as a part of, I guess uh-huh. the core as well. That felt like a little, a little bit of what you were alluding to there as well. So I, I, you do kind of have to put him in there with that contract that they did give because ideally you want a core to be a group of guys that you build a team around. And so if you look at, you know, who you just named, I think it's, you know, there's some good guys in there, but also is, is that somebody you build a a winning NHL team around? I I mean, the one thing I'll add, and you could answer to this too, uh, Ariel is it's almost like some of the core is based on the length of their contracts. Yeah, I mean, essentially it is, and sometimes that can be a good thing, and sometimes that can be a bad thing, kind of depending on maybe when you gave the contract, how they're performing throughout the contract. And obviously a guy like Sean Couturier, we go before all the injuries he's dealt with this season. He was obviously going to a really strong part of that core, and for good reason. Right. Um, but obviously you don't know now how he's going to respond after the back surgery. Um, that is obviously a really big surgery for, I mean, anybody, but especially for athletes who really need that core area, you know, to be able to basically do anything, I guess I'll put it simply. So obviously seeing how he responds to that will be good. It's been nice to see him kind of getting on the ice a little bit. I didn't really expect to see him on the ice at all, even just in small capacities. So I, I mean, that is a strong sign to see. And with Kevin Hayes, um, he's obviously gone through a lot as well with the abdominal surgeries and kind of the infection and everything um, he's been through. But th- the fact that he's you know kind of been able to get back to who he was before all of that has been a really good sign to see. So those two, obviously, the injuries will play a big part into their role of the core, you know, going forward. But, yeah, sometimes it is tough um, when you look at the contract situation, trying to figure out, well, is that a good thing or, or is that a bad thing? One, one more follow-up. Is Ryan Ellis part of the core? You know, I'd love to find out. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to find out more than four games worth of if he is or not. He could be. Uh, that's that's the problem with that um, signing, obviously, or that trade, obviously. Um, kind of a tough trade for, I mean, everyone involved, really. I mean, Nashville hasn't really seen much from, from Myers. He got, you know, loaned out, um, obviously. I mean, Patrick was kind of a throw-in and then tossed. Um, somewhere else, but no one is, no team has really been able to kind of see what would happen with the with that move. We got four games of Ryan Ellis. Looks really good with Provorov, 
but he's dealing with something. I don't know if we ever have or will get a true definition of what he's dealing with. It's, it's, it's the greatest mystery in the history of hockey. I mean, yeah, it's truly because I mean, every time you know we ask for an update, it's it's essentially nothing. It's we don't know if he's going to return this season. He's getting other opinions. He might have surgery. He might not. So I don't think we're ever going to really find out unless maybe the end of the season he speaks and he's like, all right, this is what it was. So we'll be like, oh, okay, thank you for, you know, months later telling us what it was. <laughs> but, you know, you'd like to hope he's going to be a part of the core. Because, um, like I said, in those that really small sample size, he did look good with Provorov. But it's, again, another thing with injuries where we don't know at all what we what we'll really get from him in a full season. Well, we're going to see what the future brings, according to Ariel, coming up next. But first, a couple of other words. So Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. Me personally, I've had a pair for a couple of years. They're really good. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com, use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses that's locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. The one thing I can tell you is on an old pair, I lost like the nose part and something else. They sent me all the parts. So they really are that good. We've been talking about Bilt Bar on this show for a long time now, and you know how much we love them, but Bilt Bar has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with incredible flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Built.com, you scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And the regular bars have amazing flavors like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia. New flavors are coming out all the time at Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to our conversation with Ariel Melendez from Broad Street Buzz. Uh, looking more toward the future for the Flyers, you mentioned, you know, one of the bright spots being that some of the young guys and new signees have gotten a shot. So how do you think that uh, Owen Tippett, Ronnie Adderd, and Noah Cates have performed so far? Yeah, and I think I realized that I did say Ronnie's last name wrong because for the longest time before I ever heard his name for some reason I thought it was a tard 
And no, when he fair. when he said his last when he said his Paris last names, I was like, oh, okay, thank you, good to know. I get and names I, wrong all the time. <laughs> when I further talk about you, um, it is added. Um, I I think the one we've been able to really see the most out of so far has been Tippett. Um, obviously he has a much bigger sample size. Um, than kind of the guys like Kate and Adder. Um, and we've kind of seen. I think the issues he's had in the NHL is the scoring is, is, you know, he's getting the opportunities, he's getting the chances and he's looked good so far. You know, I think it was obviously a really big confidence boost for him to finally get his first with the flyers. Um, and hopefully that will kind of push him forward and, you know, give him a bit more confidence um, within the NHL. And I think the rest of the season, you know, being able to spend it in the NHL, you know, since the team didn't use one of their paper moves on him as well as frost, um, Letting them know, you know, you guys are in the NHL for the rest of the season. You don't have to worry about going back down. I think that'll also be something that really helps him. Um, with guys like Cates and Adder, I think maybe we need a little bit more time to kind of fully see what, what they'll be able to do. Obviously, Adder's only had a couple games so far. Um, I think what I really like about him and what he said, he he's always seems to be in a good mood, no matter what. He, You know, I said he comes to the ring with a smile on his face, and you can really see that. You know, you really saw that in his, you know, first press conference. But he doesn't really seem to get down on himself. He always seems to have that confidence. And I think, you know, at this level, obviously, that's going to be a big advantage to him is if he's kind of able to keep that even keel style, you know, not only on the ice, but off the ice. That, that'll really help him. And Kate's obviously having that kind of family connection um, with his brother Jackson, who, you know, obviously is down with the Phantoms and is injured right now. But I think kind of having a familiar face in the organization as well um, will kind of be a big help to him as he kind of moves forward. I mean, I think we're seeing really good things um, out of, you know, kind of all of these guys. And obviously, Frost has been here for a while, but I think we're starting to really see some good things. I mean, we've seen good things out of him, but him getting this opportunity now where he knows he's not going to go back down and he's going to be here has also kind of helped him as well. You know, confidence has always kind of been a big issue, I think, for him in that being, you know, sent back and forth, up and down. You know, we know you have offensive skill, but we want you to show it on the defensive end as well. So I think these these last, you know, couple weeks are really going to be big for guys like, you know, Frost, Adder, Cates, and anybody else that may come up. Um, they think they still have another recall left they if they end up using it. I don't know if we'll see a guy like Wade Allison come back or not. He's been really struggling with injuries. I would use it on Radcliffe just because you know he's not yeah. going to get hurt. Allison, he could get hurt that day that you bring yeah. him up. Yeah, that, and that's obviously, you know, kind of a tough thing. I think Radcliffe is a good option. He did really well up, you know, when he was up here, um, really kind of embraced the opportunity when he was here. So I think Radcliffe, you know, as you mentioned, would be a good option if they decide to use um, another option, obviously, because they are getting healthy. Um, Nate Thompson came back. Scott Lawn will be back in the lineup as well so it's going to be really interesting i think that's the word i'll end up keep using about the last couple of weeks just because there isn't much to play for aside for you know the pride aspect and seeing what you have from the youth i think it's been good so far and and hopefully there's you know nowhere to go it up for those guys so let's talk cap it's a nasty three-letter word uh especially for flyers fans because chuck is part of the reason the cap is where it is and you kind of wonder, 
based on whatever happens with JVR, whether he's bought out or you have to give an asset up to trade him, or what happens with maybe trading Konechny and or Provorov, like you said, even if those two things happen, they're still not in great cap shape. What do you think this team could really do as far as adding talent with the cap situation they have? I think that is going to be a really tough situation, and you are going to have to give to get. Essentially, you know, the big move, as you mentioned, is JVR. Is if they decide that they want to be able to move that cap out to to kind of create a you know a lot of space for them, is they are going to have to give in that trade. They're most likely going to have to retain money, or if they somehow get a team to take it all, you're going to have to add a pretty good you know roster player, prospect, whatever it may be. So if the Flyers really think this retool on the fly situation is going to work, which maybe, maybe not, I think that's to be determined. They are going to have to give a lot if they think this current group is going to be able to contend next season with, which I think they can possibly, obviously, like we've, like, you know, we've all kind of mentioned the injuries, you can't use them as a big excuse, but they've obviously knocked a couple core guys out of the lineup that, you know, maybe this team wouldn't have spiraled as much without that. So it's going to be really tough with, with the cap where they are. I mean, obviously as much as none of us wanted to see it happen, the drew trade was necessary for cap reasons as well to be able to kind of get rid of that, that hit. And I I think the only big move that may happen is JVR. I, I don't know that we're going to see like a Kevin Hayes type contract, a, a Sean Gutierrez type contract moved off the books because I think they still believe obviously those guys play a big, important role on this team. Right. Um, and, you know, barring anything, you know, crazy happening that they're obviously still a part of this team. Provorov, I think will still be here. Um, depending on, too. you know, there's, there's been a lot of rumors going around that he's not happy. The team's not happy, whatever it may be. Um, Connecting, I think, could go either way, um, depending on how the rest of the season goes and, and how the Flyers feel about his future. You know, he could be a piece that's moved out in the offseason if they find the right move. I, I think that's what it's going to be with Connecting is it has to be the right move. It has to be something that makes sense for the Flyers. With Provorov, it would have to, I think, blow them away to be to want to move on from him. But Connecting, I think, could be another piece that's moved. But if there's any move that is going to happen, I would almost be certain. I'm not going to put a 100% on this because it's the Flyers. So you never know. But I think if there's going to be one big move, it would, it would involve JVR this offseason. So I think there's a variety of opinion out there in terms of people thinking the Flyers should try and tank the rest of the games to move up in the draft. I am personally of the opinion that they should win as many games as they can to build confidence, especially in the younger players, uh, and let the chips fall where they may in terms of the draft. But what is your take on that? You, you're kind of exactly in the same place that I am. Is I've always hated the tank for so and so, whoever it you know it is at the time. Is obviously there if they can get a top pick, great. Um, it, it will obviously help them in the future, but you want to build confidence in your team, confidence in, in your players going into the off season where they, where they feel good about themselves, where they feel like they're in the right place. So you want to obviously try and win what you can, you know, you, 
and and these are professional athletes. They're not going to go out there and be like, well, we're eliminated from the playoffs. We need to get a good draft pick. We need to, you know, kind of turn this around. We're just going to go out there and suck. Like, essentially, that's not something that's in an athlete's minds. They want to win at all costs. They want to do whatever it takes. You know, from so from that perspective, if if they don't win a lot, I'm not going to be surprised because um, they obviously have struggled a lot, and it, and it wouldn't be shocking if they don't win a lot going out. But I still want to see a good product on the ice. I still want to see them succeed when they can and build that confidence, you know, for everyone around. So as you said, the chips fall where they may, I think is kind of where I'm at with that. I want to see them do well, but if it doesn't go that way and they find themselves in that lottery conversation, then so be it. Yeah. I mean, based on where the math is now, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. And so, and they haven't tried to derail it, the Flyers. That's the only thing you can do because you can't stop athletes from trying to win, but you could take them out of the lineup, derail certain things, but they haven't done that. So my, my last question for you is, and it's kind of a doozy, we all probably think that uh, Mike Yo is going to be gone uh, as the interim. So next coach, I mean, there's Tortorella, there's Deneen, there's Tockett, there's Babcock, there's Lindy Ruff possibly if he gets fired, which he probably will. There's David <laughs> Quinn. Or do you have a favorite? So this is a good question because I don't – well, I say a good question because I don't know too much um, about, you know, other coaches and – what you know possibly they could bring i i think for me obviously yeah we know this is this is it for mike yo he isn't going to be here next year which is exactly why they just left him for the rest of the season because there was no reason to kind of take him out you know you thought maybe when they went through that second 10 games or what 13 games i think it turned into losing streak it's like all right well he's obviously not the answer well we knew that already we we knew you know he wasn't going to magically turn this team around um I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, I don't. I think I want them to go kind of outside the box in a way where I don't want a former flyer coming in. I think I don't think I want to see a guy like Tockett come in just because it, it almost feels like it, that's just to please the fans. That it's a, oh here's a guy you guys loved you know when he played for the organization. No question that that's around. a part of it if he comes. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I want to see them go at least outside the box there. Um, out of some of the guys you named, I think I, I can at least say who I might not want. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want a guy like David Quinn either. I'm um, seeing kind of the situation he was in. Obviously, the Rangers did turn things around a lot quicker than I think most expected. But kind of seeing some of the things that happened there and I mean, maybe with the Olympics as well, kind of some of the decisions he made there as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to see a guy like that here, especially when this team has a lot of youth that's kind of looking to make their mark. And I know that was kind of a similar situation when Vigneault was here. A lot of people were like, oh, he's a veteran heavy guy. He's not going to let the young guys play. And I mean, you did kind of see some, some situations like that when he was here. Um, I, I don't think I have a favorite just because I don't know too much about some of these other guys. But I, I think the biggest thing is just going to be finding someone I don't know, just finding someone that's going to be able to get to the core of this team and, and figure out why when they have a good roster on paper, they still have, you know, those third periods where they can't hold on to the lead. They, they've been in so many games in a one goal right. situation where they right. can't figure out how to close. So I think no matter who they bring in, it, it's just got to be someone that can get to the root of the problem. You know, is it a confidence thing? Are they, you know, gripping their sticks? Do they not think they have what it takes? 
to kind of come out in the third period and be able to finish the game off. Um, I, I know that's not like a true like answer necessarily, just because I don't know, like I said, too many things about some of these other guys. But it, it's just going to be, it's just going to come down to the team themselves being able to kind of figure things out, you know, whatever it may be that kind of gives them these issues despite the talent that they have on paper. No, I think that's perfectly fair and and a good point about, you know, hiring a coach that's going to be able to motivate a team to play a full 60 because that has been something that has been severely lacking this season and has been kind of a big part of their downfall. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ariel, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Lots of good insight on this team. And uh, hopefully we can have you back to talk more about the Flyers. I, I would love that. Thank you guys so much. Thanks again. So, where can people find you out there? Um, so I'm on pretty much all social media platforms. But Twitter, obviously, I spend most of my time, you know, either covering the Flyers or my Random hockey tweets um, that you can find um, a underscore Melendez 10 um, on Twitter, Ariel Melendez, Broad Street Buzz. You know, that's where I do a lot of my work. Um, I, I'm on some other sites that are going to be coming kind of to the fruition soon. Um, so you'll be able to see some of my work. Um, I don't have the full name of the site. I want to bring it up so I make sure I give them the right kind of promotion here it's kind of a new site pride of hockey initiative i'll be a part of as well um we just recently launched um so we don't have quite any work up yet but that you'll be able to kind of see my work hopefully soon there as well awesome thank you so much and again uh thanks for joining us no problem thanks for having me all right, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. We will be back again tomorrow with a look at the rest of the week ahead, including the rematch against Columbus. And uh, we will have our prospect profile with a look into Danila Yurov. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steele Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.